And that's when Lupe explained they weren't able to get in contact with Vanessa the entire day. Gloria immediately told her, call the base and make them put Vanessa on the phone now. I want to hear my daughter's voice. Hey everyone, welcome back to What Happened with Jackie Flores. I'm Jackie and I'm super, super excited that you guys are listening to my brand new podcast. The feedback has been absolutely amazing and I appreciate all the support that you guys have given it. Today, we're gonna be talking about what happened to 20-year-old Vanessa Guillen. This is a very highly requested case and I remember keeping up with the case when it first happened in 2020. It was absolutely shocking and I just couldn't believe that this evil thing happened to this beautiful young girl. Vanessa was at her place of work at a military base, somewhere she should have felt safe and protected, but no. Instead, the worst happened. There is so much information to go over, so let's jump right in and let's talk about what happened to Vanessa Guillen. Vanessa Guillen was born on September 30th, 1999 in Houston, Texas to her parents Rogelio and Gloria Guillen, who were originally from Mexico. She had five siblings in total and growing up, Vanessa loved soccer and was very athletic. She loved to push herself physically and mentally. Her friends and family say that she loved to work out and that when the pandemic hit and everything was on lockdown, she was frustrated at the fact that the gyms were closed. She was also very focused on school and put in the extra effort. Her friends also said that she was talkative and girly. Now, growing up, Vanessa told her mom that she was either going to become an astronaut and go to the moon or that she was going to enlist in the army. That's what she wanted to do. However, Vanessa's mom did not like this idea. She told her daughter, no, please don't enlist in the army. That's not a place for women. She said that she would rather her daughter become an astronaut and go to the moon than ever go into the army. But when Vanessa turned 18 years old, she called her mom and said, remember what I told you I was going to do when I turned 18? Well, it's happening. I enrolled in the army. Of course, this was shocking to Gloria, but this is what her daughter wanted to do, and this is what made her happy, so she supported this decision. After Vanessa's training, she was stationed on the base called Fort Hood, which was in Killeen, Texas. This was about a three-hour drive from Houston where her family lived, so thankfully she wasn't going to be too far from them. And this provided some type of comfort to Vanessa's family. They felt happy to know that she wasn't going to be too far away, and she would pretty much drive to Houston every single weekend to visit her family. Now, while at Fort Hood, she trained as a 91F small arms and artillery repairer, so kind of like a mechanic. As for Vanessa's love life, she was actually engaged to a man named Juan Cruz. He had proposed to Vanessa in March of 2020, and the two of them were so excited to get married in December. They had already picked out the wedding hall, the band, what type of food they were going to eat. I mean, the two of them were looking forward to this big, beautiful day. Juan was still living in Houston while Vanessa was at Fort Hood, so so yes, in a way they were doing long distance, but like I mentioned earlier, Vanessa would go to Houston every single weekend to visit her family and her fiance. Juan says that anytime Vanessa would come back, it would feel like they were on a honeymoon. They would spend time together and to him, everything was just perfect. However, that was not how Vanessa saw things. In the months leading up to her disappearance, she started to not sleep and she was losing weight. She told her mom, Gloria, that she was having a hard time at the base and that she was being sexually 
sexually harassed by a sergeant, one of her direct superiors. As soon as Gloria heard this, she told her daughter to report the sergeant, but Vanessa said that other girls at the base had already reported him, but that nothing was done about it. The superiors did not believe the other girls, so Vanessa thought that they wouldn't believe her either. She was also scared that there would be some type of retaliation if she reported the sergeant. Maybe she would get kicked off the base or something else would happen to her. It's really sad that Vanessa felt like she couldn't speak out about what was actually happening to her. So now, let's talk about the day Vanessa disappeared. On April 22nd, 2020, 20-year-old 20 Vanessa Guillen woke up at 5 a.m. in Houston to make the drive back to Fort Hood. Her fiancé Juan was still sleeping, but he remembers that she gave him a kiss before she left. That day, Vanessa actually wasn't supposed to go to work because it was COVID, and limited people were working at the base. So most people had the day off, but that morning, Vanessa received a text message from work asking her to come in. She only had a couple of tasks to do, so she assumed it was going to be a half day. Because of this, she made plans to go hiking with one of her co-workers named Tay. They were supposed to meet as soon as she got off work and head over to their hike. Throughout the morning, Vanessa and Tay were texting back and forth, and at one point, she texted him a screenshot of the weather app, and it showed that it was going to rain that day. I'm assuming that she sent that text to warn him, hey, it's going to rain, we probably won't go on a hike later. So Tay replied back and told Vanessa that it actually wasn't raining, but Vanessa never replied. His phone went silent and he never heard back from her. Now, one of the tasks that Vanessa was supposed to do that day was go to the arms room and get a serial number for a weapon. The specialist armor, Aaron Robinson, was working, so before she headed to the room, she texted him letting him know that she was on her way. Mind you, this is all happening pretty early in the morning. At around 10.23 a.m., Vanessa sent a text message confirming the serial number of a machine gun, and then that was it. After that, no one heard or saw Vanessa Guillen again. At 11.13 a.m., Aaron Robinson closes the arms room. But left behind in the room was Vanessa's ID card, her bank card, her keys to the barracks room, and her car keys. Later on at around noon, Juan sent Vanessa a text message while he was on his lunch break, but Vanessa never replied. At first, Juan figured that maybe she was busy at work and that's why she wasn't on her phone, but as he continued to text her throughout the day and again received no responses, he began to worry. His texts also weren't delivering anymore, so he just didn't understand what was happening. He asked Vanessa's sister, Myra, if she had talked to Vanessa, but she said no, that she wasn't replying to anyone. This is when Myra and Juan both knew that something must have happened to Vanessa. Lupe, another one of Vanessa's sisters, walked over to her mom, Gloria, and told her, Mom, something weird is happening with Vanessa. Gloria asked her, what's going on? And that's when Lupe explained that they weren't able to get in contact with Vanessa the entire day. Gloria immediately told her, call the base and make them put Vanessa on the phone now. I want to hear my daughter's voice. Going back to Vanessa's friend Tay, the one she was supposed to go hiking with earlier that day, he was also starting to get worried about her because she never replied to him or showed up to their scheduled hike. He decided to stop by her apartment at around 6 p.m. and look for her. He knocked on the door and Vanessa's roommate opened up. Tay asked the roommate, have you seen Vanessa? But she said no. So he went back outside and walked to the parking lot. That's when he saw that Vanessa's Jeep was still there. That's when Tay started to get worried because if Vanessa's car was still here, then where was Vanessa? So Tay and CJ, another friend and co-worker of Vanessa's, started looking for her. They pretty much searched the entire base, but there was absolutely no sign of Vanessa. At around 10 p.m., they were able to find out that the last person she was working with was with Aaron Robinson. 
They called him and Aaron acted like he had just woken up. He told Tay that he didn't talk to Vanessa, that she left to the motor pool, and that was the last time that he saw her. Tay asked if Vanessa said anything when she was leaving, but Aaron said no and he hung up the phone. He actually seemed pretty annoyed at Tay and CJ and said that they were blowing up his phone, which is wild because these friends were just concerned for Vanessa and they were just trying to figure out what happened to her. Yet Aaron is acting all annoyed as if Vanessa's safety isn't important to him. Meanwhile, back at home, Vanessa's family is just as concerned. They have not heard from her the entire day and this was just not like her. She would never go this MIA. After Gloria told her daughters to call the base and get Vanessa on the phone, Myra called them and spoke to the staff sergeant, but he said that no one had seen her since lunchtime. He also said that they didn't have any surveillance cameras, so there was no way to track down where Vanessa was. The family was immediately taken back. Like, what do you mean you haven't seen her since lunchtime? Like, where is she? This is also pretty concerning because how is a military base not going to have any surveillance cameras? Well, it turns out that Fort Hood is not a very safe place at all. Fort Hood has a higher sexual assault rate than any other base in the U.S. military, and that's just assaults that have been reported. They've also had two mass shootings happen there, both done by soldiers from that base. There have also been human trafficking cases where someone from the base was prostituting female soldiers, specifically targeting low-income soldiers. Along with that, there have also been many missing person cases and deaths, like 28 deaths in one year. It's crazy and it's not normal, and before Vanessa's case, not a lot of people were aware that this was actually happening at Fort Hood. So it's definitely a sketchy and unsafe place to be. Going back to the case, Myra was feeling helpless. She was checking her sister's social media accounts to see if maybe she had posted an Instagram story or you know maybe she had tweeted about something to show that she was alive and well, but no. Vanessa's social media was completely silent. Myra just didn't know what to do. So she decided to get in her car, pick up Juan, and head over to Fort Hood to find her sister. They got to the base at around 3 o'clock in the morning and they were told by the staff sergeant to come back later in the morning so she actually had to book a hotel room and just sit there waiting for morning to come so that she could find her sister. That just makes me so angry like I can't imagine going through something like that. Myra says she got to the hotel room and that she didn't sleep at all that night. The next morning, a superior at the base confronted Aaron in front of a bunch of other soldiers, including CJ and Tay, about his last encounter with Vanessa. Because remember, at this point, Aaron Robinson is the last person known to have seen her. So they confront him about this, and he says that he kept it professional with Vanessa, and that he didn't say too much to her, and that was it. That's all that happened with Vanessa, according to him. That same morning, Myra arrived at the base, and by then, it was close to 24 hours since anyone had heard from Vanessa. Their mother Gloria decided to also make the drive to Fort Hood because she wanted to look for her daughter and put some pressure on the base. While Myra continued to ask around the base about Vanessa, a sergeant asked Myra if she wanted to go and look inside Vanessa's room to see if anything was missing. Myra was a bit hesitant to go because she thought to herself, if something bad did happen to Vanessa, then her room is probably a crime scene and has evidence in it, so I probably shouldn't go in there. But she says that her curiosity got to 
her and she decided to go inside the room. She walked in with the sergeant and asked him about her sister's keys and her ID card. And she was shocked to learn that the sergeant had them in his pocket. In that moment, Myra said she knew that they should have been turned in as evidence and that she couldn't trust the sergeant. I mean, why does he have her keys and all of her stuff in his pocket? Why wouldn't he turn this in? Myra and Juan started talking to everyone who saw Vanessa the day she went missing and the day before, basically trying to do their own investigation. When they talked to Aaron Robinson, he laughed in their face and then just left. He literally laughed at Myra's face. Myra asked Juan, did you see that? And he said, yes, I did. It's crazy and I just feel so bad for Vanessa's family. Just imagine your sister goes missing and you have no idea what's going on. So you head over to where she lives and then you speak to the guy who was last seen with her and he just laughs in your face. It's just terrible. Two days would go by and on April 24th, the military changed Vanessa's status to AWOL, which means absent without official leave. So they weren't saying that Vanessa was missing. They were pretty much just saying that she was absent. Now her disappearance quickly went viral and also caused public outrage because none of the sergeants or anyone high up from the base appeared to be doing anything. Even actress Salma Hayek joined the search for Vanessa and she pledged to post Vanessa's photo every day until she was found. I remember seeing Cardi B posting about Vanessa. I mean, she was all over social media. That's actually how I first heard about this case. I logged onto Twitter one day and I saw Vanessa's photo all over my timeline and people were demanding justice and answers on behalf of the Guillen family. This was just shocking to everyone. I mean, how does someone go missing on a military base? I remember watching a press conference with Vanessa's mother and she was standing outside the base saying, they need to return my daughter to me. If it turns out that my daughter is dead, then I will burn down this entire base. It was such a moving and emotional press conference. You could feel the family's anger through the screen and especially the mother's. She was crying and all she wanted was answers. Now, going back to the investigation, Aaron was questioned by the military about Vanessa again. He said she completed what she needed to do and then she left. Aaron said with the rest of his day, he went to the unit to do training and then went home to his off-post house where he was in all night with his girlfriend, Ceci Aguilar, and his girlfriend backed up the story. This information wasn't shared with Vanessa's family at the time, but 26 days after Vanessa went missing, two witnesses told investigators that they saw Aaron the night Vanessa went missing pulling a tough box, which is this really big case, and witnesses said that it looked heavy. They say that they saw Aaron loaded into his car car and then drive away. Because of this information, they brought in Aaron once again and he agreed to let them search his phone. So the reason the Guillen family was so out of the loop on everything is because the military justice system is different than the civilian justice system. So they're pretty much able to hide behind what's called the Privacy Act, meaning that they don't have to share any of the information about the investigation with anyone. Because of the lack of communication between the base and the Guillen family, Myra decided to look up military lawyers who could help she was connected to Natalie Quam, who said she would love to help and she actually took on the case pro bono. Natalie started her own investigation into Vanessa's disappearance and the EcuCert, an organization dedicated to finding missing people, also joined in. They searched all around Texas for anything that might help them locate Vanessa. Two months after Vanessa disappeared, a higher up from the base reached out to the Guillen family for the first time, but they still didn't really share any real details about what was actually happening with the 
investigation. Then after that, the military finally started an official search to find Vanessa. And that search included military members and the military police with the Army's Criminal Investigation Command now leading the investigation. During this time, the Guillen family brought up the fact that Vanessa was being sexually harassed by a sergeant on the base. When this news broke out to the public, the anger and frustration with the military base immediately went up. At first, the news was talking about a female soldier who was missing at a military base. But now, the news was reporting that a soldier who was being sexually harassed at the military went missing. This immediately made people angry, and a lot of people wondered if Vanessa's disappearance had anything to do with the sexual harassment she was going through. Now, even though the public was worried about this, the military wasn't. They didn't seem interested in the fact that Vanessa was being harassed. Myra decided to post on Twitter saying, how can someone go missing on base? and a sergeant sexually harass a soldier. Justice needs to be served. Why are these soldiers not speaking up? Why are they sexually harassing a soldier? No soldier, female or male, should be disrespected. And those tweets are what started the trending hashtag, I am Vanessa Guillen. People would post about their sexual harassment or assault stories that happened to them in the military using the hashtag to relate their experiences to Vanessa's. Hundreds or more soldiers all related to Vanessa's story. I remember when this was going viral because I had no idea that this was such a big issue within the military. After that, Fort Hood had a press conference where they said they take allegations of sexual assault seriously and that all allegations are being investigated. But in the press conference, the senior special agent of the Criminal Investigation Division said they spoke to hundreds of Vanessa's co-workers and said that there were no allegations whatsoever that she had been sexually assaulted or harassed and that the accusations that have come out didn't come from any credible information. So they were basically saying that either Vanessa or Vanessa's family lied. CJ had said that there were two people who were their superiors that made Vanessa feel uncomfortable. She had told her friends about this, but didn't see the point in coming forward because she didn't think that any action would be taken. So I'm confused. If the CID is saying that there was no credible information about these allegations, did they actually speak to Vanessa's friends? Did they speak to CJ? Did they speak to Tay? I mean, I don't get how thorough this investigation really was. So the investigators also got a warrant for Aaron's phone records. Just searching through his phone wasn't going to tell him where he had been the night that Vanessa disappeared. And it turns out that Aaron's phone pinged at a cell tower 30 miles away from Fort Hood that night at around 1 a.m. So the military started searching that area to see if they could find any clues. During their search, skeletal remains were found on June 19th, 2020, but they weren't Vanessa's. They were actually the remains of Private Gregory Scott Morales, who had been missing since August 2019 from Fort Hood. There was suspected foul play, but investigators did not think that there was any connection between Gregory and Vanessa's death, which is just crazy to me that during their search for Vanessa, they ended up finding the body of someone else and it wasn't really that, you know, public in the news. And I just think it's crazy how this person went missing and the only reason they found him was because they were searching for Vanessa. So on June 30th at around 11.30 a.m., Vanessa's remains were actually found. They were discovered by contractors working on a near the Leon River. The news immediately announced that Vanessa had been found and that she was murdered. Vanessa's body had been actually burned. Investigators also found burned plastic that was most likely the tough box Aaron was seen with. The day Vanessa's body was found, Aaron was actually being held for breaking COVID protocols, but the unarmed soldier who was looking over him wasn't informed by higher-ups that Aaron was actually suspected of murdering Vanessa. Aaron had his phone on him, so when the news broke that Vanessa's body was found, 
he actually found out. He watched videos of the news coming in and he called his girlfriend Cecily and said, baby, they found pieces. After finding this news, Aaron made a run for it and was actually able to get past the guard who was supposed to be holding him there. The guard chased after him, but Aaron got into his car and he sped out of Fort Hood. And remember, this guard is still completely unaware that Aaron is suspected of murdering Vanessa, so they didn't go after him. But that night, police found Aaron walking along the street about six miles outside of Fort Hood. When police confronted Aaron, he actually pulled out a gun and shot and killed himself. Now, as for Vanessa's family, when they heard the news about what actually happened to her, they were completely heartbroken. I remember one of the daughters went over to Gloria and said, Mom, I need you to be strong. And Gloria said, okay, what happened? Did they find something about Vanessa? Like, what's going on? And the daughter said, yes, they actually found her. And Gloria was wondering, you know, okay, where did they find her? Is she okay? Like, can we go pick her up? And the daughters had to tell her, no, she was actually murdered. Gloria says she just immediately fell back, her heart shattered, and she just couldn't believe why this happened and why someone would want to murder her daughter. Three days after Vanessa's remains were found, Cecily Aguilar, Aaron's girlfriend, was charged in connection to Vanessa's murder. Cecily admitted to helping disposing of Vanessa's body and said that her and Aaron went to Leon River near a bridge. They cut up Vanessa's body, set it on fire, and then buried her in three different places. Cecily provided the details that while Aaron was on the base in the armory room, he bludgeoned Vanessa to death by hitting her in the head with a hammer multiple times. He then put her in a storage case and then went home. Aaron then came back to the base that night so that he could get rid of Vanessa's body. What's so upsetting is that by that night, people knew Vanessa was missing. If the military had treated it like a bigger deal, they could have found her before Aaron came back. Or maybe the two witnesses would have known to stop him when they saw him that night. But honestly, at the very least, those witnesses should have come forward much earlier. Since Aaron was dead, we don't really know what his motive was. Cecily said in her original statement that Aaron had told her he murdered Vanessa because Vanessa had seen a photo of Cecily on Aaron's phone and he was worried about getting in trouble for violating the army's fraternization rules since Cecily was still married to another soldier. Now to me this just sounds like an excuse Aaron gave Cecily so that she would feel responsible for Vanessa's murder. I mean he basically told Cecily I killed her for you. I honestly don't believe what Aaron is saying and that Vanessa found those photos on his phone. In May 2021, a report came out confirming that Vanessa had verbally reported sexual harassment two times in 2019. Vanessa said in the report that she was in an intimidating, hostile work environment. In the summer of 2019, Vanessa reported that her superior had tried to solicit her for a threesome. Another time during a field training exercise, the same person came up to Vanessa when she was showering in the woods and made her feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that would be more than just uncomfortable. Like, how does someone not get immediately fired after doing that. Now, the army refused to publicly put out the name of the superior and wouldn't say if they would be facing any type of charges. But Vanessa had said to her coworkers at least that there was another superior who had been harassing her and allegedly that person is still working at Fort Hood. So you might be wondering, what does any of this have to do with Vanessa's murder since we know her killer wasn't either one of these superiors? Well, Vanessa hadn't reported Aaron for sexual harassment, but someone else did. It's a pattern of behavior 
earlier. Like I've said before, murder never happens out of nowhere. And just because Vanessa never reported him doesn't mean he never harassed her. He could have harassed her, but she thought she could handle it, or maybe she didn't think it was a big issue because Aaron technically wasn't her superior. It has also been speculated that Aaron might have killed Vanessa during a sexual assault. That might also explain why he disposed of her body the way he did. However, the army maintains their statement that they don't believe Aaron sexually harassed or assaulted Vanessa. Now let's talk about what happened at Cecily's trials. Cecily wanted her confession thrown out and her lawyers argued that she was never read her Miranda rights. This worried Vanessa's family because they didn't know if there was any other evidence tying Cecily to the crime. She went before a judge to make the official request to have her confession thrown out. She said that Aaron put a gun to her head and that's why she helped him dispose of Vanessa's body. But even if that was true, it was her choice after that to stay quiet. She could have come forward and told someone that Aaron had forced her to commit this horrible thing, but no. Instead, she remained quiet. The judge denied Cecily's request, meaning her original confession still stands. Her trial date was delayed multiple times and she originally entered the plea of not guilty. However, on November 29th, 2022, Cecily pleaded guilty to one count of accessory after the fact and three counts of making a false statement. She could face a maximum sentence of 30 years in prison, a $1 million fine, and the possibility of 12 years supervised release after her prison sentence. So I'll keep you guys posted on what her sentence actually is. Now, Vanessa's family actually met with Donald Trump during his presidency to try and create change and have an I am Vanessa Guillen bill passed where the chain of command would be changed. Basically, the way the chain of command in the military works is someone reports something to their superior, then that person decides if it's credible and needs to be followed up on. And if they do think it is, they take it to their superior and the process repeats. On Vanessa's birthday, the bill was voted on, but it didn't win the vote and ultimately failed to pass. They brought the bill back to Congress during the Biden administration, but again, the bill didn't pass. The Guillen family put their bill together with another one, so this bill would change how they investigate and prosecute specifically sexual assault in the military by bringing it to a prosecutor outside of the chain of command. But that meant that Vanessa's name actually wouldn't be mentioned since her case is technically a murder case. But the new bill passed. Biden signed it into law on January 26, 2022. The whole system still needs to be fixed, but this was still a step forward. The Guillen family is suing the U.S. Department of Defense for Vanessa's wrongful death for $35 million in damages. Fort Hood Senior Commander Major General Scott Eflant said, to the victims of sexual harassment and assault, we hear you, we believe you, and I encourage you to come forward. The Army will not stop its efforts to eradicate sexual harassment and assault until it no longer exists in our formations, because that's the Army standard. Now, he says this, but if you guys saw my recent video on my YouTube channel about Ana Fernanda, another soldier that also went missing and was found dead at Fort Hood, this doesn't seem to be an accurate statement. She was also complaining to her family about being sexually harassed by someone at the base and her superiors did nothing about this. So the fact that this guy is saying that they're gonna help people if they come forward about their sexual harassment isn't really true. Now, Netflix did come out with a documentary about what happened to Vanessa Guillen. It was really good. I liked that you could hear 
directly from Vanessa's friends and family members. That way we could get their point of view of what actually happened during this time. The Netflix documentary is a great way to spread awareness and keep Vanessa's case alive, which is also the goal of today's video. It's to continue to share Vanessa's story with as many people as possible. My thoughts and prayers go out to Vanessa's family and I am so sorry that this happened to Vanessa. I truly hope that she gets the justice that she deserves. But all right, you guys, that is pretty much everything I have for today's case. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to Vanessa's story. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review What Happened wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Past Your Bedtime on YouTube for full video episodes. You can find me on Instagram at the Jackie Flores and on TikTok at True Crime Jackie. Thank you again for being here and I will see you all in the next video. Bye guys. Bye.